welcome back to episode 29 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And joining us once again, our special guests from the Harry Potter Minute, Victoria and Gary. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us again. We're glad to be here. Yeah, thanks thanks for coming back. We we're glad you could I am also here. Sorry, I stole <laughs> And are you glad to be here, Victoria? I am glad to be here. Okay, and good, good. As as glad as I can be. I am sorry you have to deal with my uh with my sickness. <laughs> it happens. It's quite all right. Yes. It's quite all right. So we are gathered here today for minute 29. Uh, minute 29, uh, we once again, we start with, we have uh, David on the telephone speaking with Janine. We uh, end with David is off the phone and breaking some uh, good slash bad news, depending on your point of view, to Nigel. And in between, we get uh, that conversation. We get David getting excited and we get uh, Nigel looking on, looking uh, not excited. No. So one of the first things that comes up in this conversation is that in addition to the concert in Memphis, we hear about three more cities where wow. gigs have been canceled. So for those keeping score, we're now up to five gigs that have been canceled <laughs> versus the three performances we've actually <laughs> seen from the band. So the cancellations are winning at this point and the tour is not going well. No, that's a bummer. It is a bummer. It says he says that this promoter in the Midwest has pulled out of these different cities. Uh, is this do you think this promoter that's that pulled away is the same guy that we saw last minute that was being threatened with the with the uh, cricket bat? The, <laughs> Sean, you mentioned that there was like a deleted scene with a um, like a show manager or something like that, that not selling seats. I, I don't know the. The guy that Ian is holding the bat to the neck looked very young to That's my eyes. That's what I was eyes. thinking too. But do, I, yeah, it doesn't. But you never know. It's <laughs> it's the early '80s. It's the wild west of rock and roll. He could be uh, uh, could be a uh, a rock promoting prodigy or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm not sure, and we don't get too much detail over why the promoter pulls out of those cities or what role the promoter plays. We've, we've heard a couple different yeah. stories from different, uh, you know, on different gigs that have been canceled, whether there was no budget for advertising or promotion and that kind of thing. So I don't know if, if that's the case in these cities, there's just, you know, there's, there's no budget to promote the gig and that's why tickets aren't selling or what we, yeah. we don't get that information. It's a bit of a mystery. Hmm. People, uh, it's because they're becoming more selective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. These cities and, just and... aren't working for us. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah but... And then kind of um, his, his mood gets to change up a bit because mm -hmm. he's a bit down. And then all of a sudden he gets some, like you said, could be good news, could be bad news, yeah. depending on who you are. <laughs> Sounds like Janine's going to be joining the tour. Yeah, so we guess we're they're on to 
Milwaukee. I don't know if it's necessarily their next stop, but that'll be where they are when Janine joins up. And David is is very excited. Mm-hmm. He's well, I guess it's at the, the beginning of next minute we see him. He's literally jumping for joy. He's springing around the room. And Nigel looks concerned. Nigel doesn't like this. And this is a um a theme that repeats over and over in literature. The the relationship between two men and then the woman that comes between them. Yeah. I like that Nigel's kind of fiddling with the guitar while he's mm-hmm. listening to the conversation, like not at all interested in what's actually going on the phone, but just like, mm-hmm. can we get back to doing what we're supposed to be doing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah. This is a very natural minute. I think this is one of the best minutes in terms of does this movie portray itself as a documentary? Does it come off authentic? I think first the the sound of David on the telephone kind of it sounds of the place. It sounds real. It's a, it's accurate to a documentary that we're only getting one side of this conversation. There isn't another camera on the other end capturing Janine's side of things. And this is what guitarists do in terms of what Nigel's doing here. Yeah. The, the guitar becomes kind of like we saw Derek walking around with his pipe earlier, and he's always kind of fiddling it with it. We don't necessarily see him smoke it, but he's always mm-hmm. kind of got it in his hands where this is, you know, if you're a guitar player, you have your guitar and you kind of you're just riffing off licks and you're playing with it and you're fiddling around. And and so this is a very natural scene. This is very it feels very real to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I really do like the. um I don't want to say there's not it's not a tension between the two of them, but there's um sort of this unspoken thing that's happening before he even gets off the phone. Like Nigel doesn't seem happy and David is, but but they still share this moment before before he stands up off the phone. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he I think David definitely gives the impression that he can he can sense that Nigel's probably not definitely not as enthused as as he is about this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, yeah. they do. And David will talk about it a little bit later. I think there's there's a little bit of a blind spot. Maybe it's wishful thinking that he wants Janine and Nigel, the, the two most important people in his life, he wants them to get along. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, he's not completely in denial. He recognizes that there is some tension there. Yeah. I like uh, – he's – He's starting to stand up and he's saying that like she was supposed to do this this thing in April, but it's or this thing, but it's not actually happening until April. And you cut to Nigel and he's just like, I like this shot of him. It's just the close up on his face and he's just mm-hmm. listening, not looking at camera, just like you get a couple of seconds, like good couple seconds of just like him listening. And uh I totally understand what it's like to be in his position where like, oh, this person's going to be joining us, this person that I don't really like all that much. Like, I know that you, my friend, like this person and want to bring her along. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like it's going to bring down whatever the atmosphere is. I don't want the this to like, change the the dynamic of what's going right. on. Yeah, we're on tour. We're supposed to be doing this thing and you're bringing her like this distraction. I don't uh, I don't want to say it like that, but sort of they're bringing in their Yoko. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, as we get deeper into the movie, like as you guys get later on, like that's definitely some a vibe that I got from this movie. Is that like yeah. these two are both both him and uh both David and Nigel are these very like 
they're they're idea guys in a way, but Janine's sort of like prodding at David, like we should do it like this, and and that sort of like desire why, yeah, to yeah. yeah yeah, and I think that's definitely where the two of them butt heads. Like it totally makes sense. Yeah, and I gotta say, and and I don't think she'll mind. I'm not going to use names or anything. I don't think she'll mind if she listens to this because I do consider we still have a great friendship, but. <laughs> I was in a band with my brother and it was my project. I mean, he was, he, anytime I have a project or he has a project, we're both the other person's kind of, you know, right hand. Sure. So it was, it was a project I'd started, but he was definitely a big part of it. And then he was dating someone and she had a great singing voice and she and I got along well. And so she joined in, into the band and then what would happen, and it makes sense, you know, what would happen is the two of them would go home and and talk about band-related stuff and then mm-hmm. sort of get maybe an idea of something. And then they would come to me with that idea together, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, this isn't the direction I want to go in, or there was a... A moment where they wanted to change the name of the band, and I was like, "No, this is my project." <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, after a while, we just sort of dissolved the project, which is kind of just what you do when you really don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but you can tell there's something that's just not going to naturally work out. But mm-hmm. it definitely Absolutely. gave me that, like, "Oh, this is just not a good idea," because that those things are going to. I mean. Even with the best intentions, those things can really happen when two people in the band are a couple and then they're going home and kind of, you yeah, know, I think, talking I about think it. And it totally makes sense because then you have like that couple that comes back and it's like, oh, hey, we have this idea and we think we should do it this way. And suddenly like the dynamic shifts, it's you're outnumbered by by these two that, that have this sort of, uh, I don't want to call it like a power couple, but you have these two people that are that are aligned in that perspective, it's kind of hard to have a middle ground when uh, when it's lopsided in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also get Nigel's kind of deadpan look because I think <sighs> that's kind of how I am. Like, I'm I mean, Sean's kind of getting to know me, you know, through <laughs> us podcasting. But yeah. Like, yeah. If I'm sort of irritated about something or it's not quite like even just talking about it right at this moment, my mouth is kind of tightening a bit. And yeah. I'm sort of getting this like oh, this is not what I want. Yeah, so he, <laughs> I <know. laughs> he's got this like deadpan look and he's just chewing on the on his gum and just like listening as David tries to convince him that like it's not a bad thing. I have a, I just thought about this as I, is Nigel always chewing gum in this movie? Like all, so, like I, <laughs> I think so far, yes. Most of the time, yeah, yeah. it seems like <laughs> I and just, just watching these couple around. minutes, I'm just like, oh, like, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. All the time. Well, I feel and, like it's all the time. It, yeah. I think it is all the time. And even when he's smoking. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Oh, that sounds this, so, that seems so gross. Yeah. I know. I know. Even in this minute, when we go back to him here, he's smoking right at 45 seconds. He's putting a cigarette in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Right when David gets off the phone. Mm-hmm. Nige yep. is putting a ciggy in. He just lit a fresh cig, and and he's still and he's still chewing. And he's still chewing the gum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's gross. <laughs> so I kind of uh, I sort of went down a bit of a hole here on the the stripe 
the striped shirt, this iconic shirt that yeah, that David's, David's wearing. wearing. Yeah, yes. so it's um a very specific shirt. It's it's got a history. Um, anybody that's sort of paying attention to history of fashion or even history of like iconic looks is aware of this shirt. It's um it's got a a, a title. It's called a, a Breton stripe. Oh. And a Breton, yeah. Have, does that sound familiar at all? Um, it's definitely a term I feel like I've heard before, but I didn't. I never. My brain never made the connection to like this particular style of shirt. Yeah. So it's it's it, what he's wearing is that style. It's stripe. I mean, it's it's a it's a different color, but it's yeah. got the boat neck and it's got the stripes, and so it's it is an iconic his, uh, historically significant shirt. So I I did look it up, and I'll, I'll link to the website that I kind of did the most research on. But it says um, hmm. the question at the top was, do French people actually wear stripes? What makes the striped shirt French, and why all the stripes? And so the origin, and I I will read this because it's fairly short and interesting. I thought. Um, Yes, give us the French connection. You can can weigh in, but I'll give you the French connection. French connection minute. Um, (laughs) So the striped shirt was originally a naval sailor's uniform designed to help distinguish the sailors from the waves so you could find them more easily when they fell overboard. (laughs) So even that I felt was interesting with the band and where they're heading right now. Um, falling overboard, so to speak. At the time, all the French Navy hailed from Brittany, so the shirt was coined the Breton shirt and displayed 21 stripes, one for each of Napoleon's victories against the British. That's so specific. I know. (laughs) very specific. (laughs) I love Um, it. Where can I get one of these shirts? Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then eventually it became a you know popular amongst others besides just um yeah and then Coco Chanel now I knew Coco Chanel the the famous designer I knew that she popularized it but this is I thought interesting it said on a trip to the coast Coco Chanel became inspired by the sailor's clothing and used it in her 1917 nautical line Wow. Chanel designed her Breton top for ladies to be worn with flared trousers as a stark contrast to the then popular corseted dress look for women. So it was a very modern look in 1917 nautical line. I mean, that's a while back. Yeah. And then by the 30s, the Breton stripe had been elevated to haute couture status, making it a popular choice for fashionable upper class ladies. And then it kind of goes on and on. But and I've looked up a bunch of images of not only, you know, famous icons of film, but also, yeah, a lot of um, musicians have have gotten this look too. So again, this is like this really authentic little detail where he's wearing this Breton stripe. And, um, you know, a lot of people from uh, Picasso to James Dean to Marilyn Monroe, but also tons of musicians, which I did a little photo collage, which I'll share that when we drop nice. this episode. Musicians wearing this, including, a, you know, versions of it, Kurt Cobain wore too. So getting back to the, the Kurt Cobain connection here. You called it Victoria. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a little bit about the Breton stripe. That's awesome. I, I believe uh, 
in in my huge mass of collectibles, I yeah. have a, an action. I have a figure of Kurt Cobain wearing that shirt. Wow, that's wearing cool. You need to share that then. <laughs> Definitely. I know. <laughs> Great. So, That'll be cool. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Janine's <laughs> going to play a bigger role later on as minutes go by um, in this movie. But as far as this minute, is there anything else anybody observed or would like to share? What One thing I noticed is that, well, in the past, um, in previous minutes, we've seen Nigel wearing his Gumby and Pokey t-shirt. And now he's actually got Gumby in his pocket. <laughs> in, in, in contrast to David in his Breton stripes, Nigel has his Gumby. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Gumby and Pokey. No. No, nothing at all. I used to watch that. Me too. <laughs> I have a Gumby and Pokey, but I wish I had a Gumby and Pokey shirt. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would <laughs> Don't be have cool. One. But I have, I have the old Gumby and Pokey. Yeah, I really like this look on him too because it, it maybe it's his little mascot or something, you know, and he keeps it in his pocket. Maybe that's his totem. <laughs> it's his, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's, totally maybe it's something that gives him comfort. It's in his pocket. He reaches his hand. He feels it and just, you know, it's, 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 it's just <laughs> to help him. What was that? That's, it's his, uh, it's his totemistic it's thing. It's his totemistic thing. His yeah. totemistic yeah. thing. Yeah. Totemistic. What, what were you saying, Victoria? He reaches in his pocket and I kind of lost Oh, I was just saying, maybe when he carries like his, the Gumby in his pocket, maybe it's just something like, you know, you carry something in your pocket and no one can see it, but in, but you know, it's there. And maybe that's yeah. a comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I a like security that. blanket almost, you know? Yeah. Cause I was, I yeah. was, sim- I was, a, I was similar when I was a kid. I would carry things like with me and things. I still kind of carry things with yeah. me. They're just on my backpack now. Yeah. You've so like, I, I get that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, anything and, else for minute 29 guys? Well, and one thing we see as, as Nigel's walking up in addition to uh, the Gumby in his pocket, we see the luggage. Right, that's kind of strewn out mm-hmm. through the suite, and I don't know. I, I guess they don't really establish in this scene, but we'll see them later at Graceland. So, so I think at this point they're still in Memphis, but yeah. we see they haven't. It doesn't look like they've really unpacked. Um, I mean, some of these are hard sided luggage, but there's like a duffel bag, there's a a garment bag that are soft sided that look like there's stuff in them. So they they haven't gotten too comfortable. They're right. they're ready to move. All the well, luggage if the is gig out. in Memphis is canceled, then maybe they're just going to crash yeah. for one night and move on. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, and certainly if there was anything like the the costumes or whatever they wear on stage, their spandex and whips and chains and whatnot for Derek, there, <laughs> there'd be no need to unpack any of that. They could right leave that in the suitcase for uh, for the next city. Yeah. I like it. I like I like the sense of like motion they have because mm-hmm. this is just one stop on their like tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Good natural minute here. Is this the only hotel? Do you think is this the only suite like hotel that we see them in in Memphis? Like I know that a I think a few minutes ago, or maybe it was a little while before that, but um. They all, they had ordered seven, they had asked for seven rooms, they had booked seven rooms, but there was just one room on the seventh floor. Like, <laughs> the floor. Is, yeah, do you so think we that they're all just checking told, in. Like, packed into the one? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Ian did say that he got that straightened out. Mm-hmm. So that he did get the room straightened out. 
but then they lost the gig. Yeah. So, but uh, that is a good question because we're not going to see the other rooms, I don't think. And so they are. It looks like they're all in like in one big suite. Yeah, so it get feels like they it, just went up and just dropped all their stuff in the room <laughs> and was like, "Okay, there's no gig, so let's just hang out here for a little while." Yeah. yeah. Well, I get the impression it's it's kind of hard to tell, and uh, well, I guess maybe this is getting into the next minute, um, and we'll see it. But I think it looks like there's connected rooms. That they've opened right. the doors in between to make it one big space. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they're definitely hanging out all together yeah. while they're in the hotel. Yeah. And we get to see what a king leisure suite looks like. <laughs> there you go. This is leisure. a king leisure yeah. suite. <laughs> well, yeah, awesome. That's, that's all I had for uh, for minute 29. Cool. cool. Me too. Are you guys, you got, uh, Victoria, anything else for minute 29? Any more Gumby comments? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I'm good over here. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, um, that's going to be it for episode 29 of Spinal Tap Minute. Uh, we invite you to stay connected with us through SpinalTapMinute.com. Go there and you can find everything from how to subscribe to our episodes to uh, us um, sharing links and videos and such about things we talk about in the episodes and uh, social links. So you can, you know, meet up with us on Instagram and Twitter and all that jazz. Yeah. And also uh, swing by Facebook where we have uh, the spinal tap minute groupies lounge. So you can uh, join the conversation and uh, let us know what you think about spinal tap. And uh, so Gary and Victoria folks want to hear more about Harry Potter minute. Where can they find you? You know, so we pitched we pitched the website yesterday, but like you you just mentioned that you guys have a group uh, the groupies lounge, like a group mm-hmm. for people to my favorite place for people to interact with us has definitely become our Facebook group. We have we also have a listeners page for the Harry Potter Minute show called Harry Potter Minute and the Listeners Army, and uh, it's An the army, same kind oh of. It's uh we yeah we're Dumbledore's well, art Dumbledore yeah army. reference to well, Dumbledore's army the listeners are, it's the listeners, the listeners. Army. I like the listeners army yeah. uh, and uh, we have a nice uh, group of people that have been joining the conversation over there and so anytime we post minutes they get posted to those uh, to that page specifically so that we can get sort of some discussion about the content of the minute and the guests that we have on and things like that and it's it's definitely one of my favorite places to like go and sort of communicate with the people that are following our show. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah. awesome. So anyone who's a fan of Harry Potter Minute, we entreat you to join us there at the Listener's it's Army a, page. It's a lot of Harry Potter memes. Oh my gosh, all the memes. <laughs> <laughs> so many memes. Hey, you know, I made a meme for... A, yes, I saw for a post. <laughs> no one, no one, no one likes it. No me. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I had to put a comment because it's it's a the, the meme I made, We there's a character in Harry Potter named... Elpheus, I think it's Dodge, but it's D-O-G-E, like, like, like Doge, Doge, like the Doge dog, like me. <laughs> so I made a meme out of the guy, but we don't actually get to talk about him for like six more movies, seven more no. movies. So I made a comment like, this joke will make more sense in seven years. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys would appreciate it now. Yeah. But it's fun. It's fun. We have, back, really good, know. we have a really good time with that group. There's a lot of really great listeners that have been like interacting with us. And, and it's it's my favorite part of doing a minute show. I, I feel awesome. like all I have to offer on that page is me sharing my Harry Potter collectibles. Because you have all <laughs> the things. I don't have all the uh, things. I wish I had. I, I wish I had all the most things, of this, but I do have a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of the things. Yeah. A, a lot of all the right, things. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, so everybody out there in podcast land, swing by the uh, swing by the listeners army and click like on Gary's memes and swing on by the groupies <laughs> lounge and let us know what you think of Spinal Tap and uh, and come on back tomorrow and we'll we'll do it all again for the next minute. Yeah, and but we'll have Gary and Victoria back too. You guys, oh can yeah, you guys, uh, can you come back tomorrow? Great. Cool. We'll, I'm pretty we'll sure close we out the week it. and we'll have a good Friday. Yeah, All right. Great. Well, we'll awesome. leave the light on for you. <laughs> We've got a King Leisure suite reserved Leisure for, suite you. for you. All right. <laughs> so until next time, and so say all of us, tap, tap into, into America. America. America.